Just say this was a very negative conversation. I'd like to. I'd like to brighten up the room. Yeah. Well, you know, it's from the athletic, where our next writer, sure? writer hangs out at. Are you sure it's from the athletic? Well, that's what it says. Okay, then it's from the athletic. Joining us right now is it Sam? Was all thirty-one people, and this is all his doing? <laughs> Sam even joins us. Good morning, Sam. Dave, why are you out here threatening people, man? <laughs> Dude, it's your uh, it's your company. See, Athletic putting out. I mean, literally, I saw it during the break. I don't. I should probably look when they published it, but I don't know oh, if you. What do you say? I what, don't know. What, what did we say? Uh, have <laughs> I don't you? Even know what you're about. <laughs> have you had a chance to read your colleague Mike Vorkanov's article, uh, "The Best and Worst Team Owners"? No, I saw that he did it. I like the idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. To be honest with you, I was in my feelings a little bit. I kind of wish I could. I didn't even know that was coming. But well, I look forward to, to reading it. Uh, but what did what did Mike have to say about uh, the Vivek ranking? Why? Why? I mean, why do you automatically go to Vivek? You know, I mean, why? why? Yeah, James Dolan's <laughs> around. Duh. I'm, I'm aware what city we're in. <laughs> uh, worst NBA owners, according to a mixture of uh, executives, agents, uh, and scouts, and I think two coaches. Uh, Glenn Taylor from bottom to top. Here, uh, here's the six. Glenn Ta- Taylor and Dan Gilbert tied. I was a little surprised. I said Josh Harris and David Blitzer, the Sixers, were uh, fourth uh, with five and four votes, respectively. James fourth Dolan and fourth best, fourth fourth worst. Okay, okay. James Dolan, third worst, with twenty one votes. Robert Sarver, second worst, twenty three votes, and just edging out old Robert Sarver, <laughs> right right at the finish line with twenty three and a half votes. Uh, our very own Vivek Ranadive. Yeah. No, that's not. Cl- we don't clap for that, even though I'm clapping with you. We've Jeremy. won we something no, finally. We don't want that. I did say, Sam. I, I, I instinctively want to step in front of Vivek and say, "Hey, listen. That that's that's for basketball moves. Like if you had a list of off court business, all that. You know, the way the franchise is run that way, he might be in the top five. That it's they've done phenomenal things uh, off the floor. They they've been a, an industry leader in some very important things. But we're just talking about basketball here, and I don't know that you know. Listen, I I'm sure we could sit here and make arguments. That James Dolan or Robert Sarver should probably top that list, but the bottom line is you don't want to be in the bottom five, and we're in the bottom five. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, not not shocking based on even. I mean, know you said, I mean, the on court is the on court, right? What matters in the sports world. Um, so I don't know how much I have to add to that, other than uh, right. <laughs> you know the the idea. That, I mean, you're talking was it 2013 when he took over? Yeah. Yep. You know, I mean, it's seven years is, is enough time for people to read the room and, and you're going to establish a reputation. And um, again, because I haven't read it, I, you know, I am curious. I know you mentioned somewhat um, how many people were involved. I think if I was on the other side in terms of being written about the, the, the tricky part of doing those kinds of stories sometimes is you just you try to get as big a sample size as you can. But sure. it's obviously an inexact science and it's almost like a the political polling system and probably even, you know, less uh, sophisticated, but it is a pulse. And, you know, uh, and I think we can all agree and I'm not even trying to be sarcastic, but that nobody would have anticipated him being in the top five. So, right, I mean, right. you know, where he landed is, is not really a, a shocker. You know, we talk about, uh, I had Luke Walton on last week and we talked about how, players come in and they're understandably rookies and they're going to make rookie mistakes and they're going to do rookie things and you just hope that they improve and i asked luke hey what about coaches i would imagine this applies to coaches and even front office people you're you're a rookie you don't do dumb things you make mistakes and you improve do you think the do you think the same rule can apply to ownership 
It can, but not everybody improves. Sure. I mean, not every player improves. You know what I mean? That's like, true. Um, you know, that's. I'm trying to think of a good. I mean, I wish I was quicker this morning. I, I wanted a good player example to kind of throw out there. Uh, you know, the, the the guy who I mean, who didn't improve. Uh, well, I was oh, even. Thinking I've got the plenty. Incredible. <laughs> well, but even like so, I, James Harden came to mind, and and if like to James's credit, he actually got uh, a little better on the defensive end last year. Sure. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, but, but things like that, where, I mean, if Ben Simmons never figures out how to shoot, um, you know, plenty of players don't sure. improve. Owners are not all going to improve. And in fact, I think it reaches a point for some, just people in general, that it's like they are who they are. So, um, uh, you know, and you and I have talked offline about this plenty. Uh, you know, I, I do think there's still a fair amount of that with Vivek. Um, there are, Worse owners who succeeded more, uh, be, you know, whether it was a combination of luck or just other factors, um, you know, sometimes bad owners, you know, get it done. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, it's things are uh, still functioning oddly over there. Well, and, and, and if we're keeping it a buck, as the kids say. Uh, truth- oh, man, you're, you're, you, you go, buddy. Hey, you, you know me. make us feel young. Holding on to that youth. <laughs> it, 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 it stinks for a number of reasons, but I'll, I'll say this, and I'll say it publicly. I, 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 I like Vivek. He's, he's a nice guy. I want him to succeed, and of course that means that my favorite team is going to succeed, and I, I truly feel like this is his his last shot here. Like he, you know, owners are, or players on hot seats, coaches on hot seats, GMs on. Hot, I think he's on the hot seat, and I, I I I don't doubt that. You know, there's some owners out there that just they want to make a buck and move on and do their thing, and wins or losses be damned, and it's a bonus if you win. I I truly believe in all of my heart that he is obsessed with winning. He's willing to spend the money. He. He wants to win badly, and that's that's that shouldn't be discounted. But there's a difference between wanting to win and being able to win. Don't don't mistake effort for results. Two things um, for one, and I don't have their books, so I don't want to overstate sure. this. But I mean, I feel like you kind of said he's willing to spend the money as, as kind of a a little bit of a filler commentary there. And there's part of me that says I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, because I I honestly think. Um, a small market, you know, it's challenging for, for every small market, but, you know, some of the hires by, you know, it, the intel that comes our way, um, you know, there have been times when what they pay is seemingly on the very, on the lower end. And, you know, and sometimes there's a ripple effect with that. So I'm not sure I'm ready to be with you and check the box of, um, you know, this is, this is not a Steve Bomber situation. Um, so that's my first thought. The other one is, and this will be kind of fun. You know how occasionally you and I have these moments where you put me into a corner and then you apologize off the air? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I'll, happened more I'll than once. That's uh, every I'll Thursday here on Sports 1140 KSDK. <laughs> uh, and also, let me just say, uh-oh. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm curious why, and you're a big boy, you can choose what you want to say. Yeah. Uh, when, Like the way you're framing the ownership discussion uh, in the hot seat um you know, concept that you're kind of hitting on, like what could you share about the, like what mechanism are you, are you kind of counting on there? Meaning like, okay, the hot seat gets hotter, things aren't going well, because let's be honest, plenty of owners have just sure. been bad and they just, they're bad for 30 years. Like they just own the team. Like it's, it's different than a GM and a coach. So, you know, is it more that you are leaning to the potential of, 
the pressure being applied from other places. Uh, we know that this team has a lot of minority owners. And, and so even in the past, and this has been reported, you know, they've even kind of uh, pursued possible legal strategies to look at the situation. And, and then that kind of died down. Or the other scenario, of course, could be, you know, so whether his interest might wane in, in being the guy anymore. Uh, in terms of, like, the hot seat idea and, and how, if, if it went that direction, how it might go down. Yeah. Like, what are you kind of referencing there? I, I think, and listen, I, this is just one guy's opinion, but I just think reading the, the looking at the chessboard and reading the tea leaves, I, I, I think, uh, again, the scenario would be three years down the road, new GM, no playoffs, another rebuild, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I think finger on the pulse of the fans, I think that's their breaking point. And, and I think it becomes a very tenuous situation at Golden One Center um, you know, when you have ownership walking out and, and sitting there and you've got signage, you've got, you've got loud communication from fans booing, et cetera, et cetera. It just becomes a very uh, uncomfortable situation. I think the fans would break at that point. Number one. Yes. I think the owners would, would absolutely with their limited power, but, uh, there are, you know, they're already, that's all, always been kind of a on and off scratchy relationship there. Um, and, and, and it also depends on, on how, uh, again, I'm not contemplating Monty McNair's dismissal. I'm presenting a, a, a possible side here, how that went down. If there's more leaks, that there was more in, in interference, more, um, over the top. Uh, involvement that would be deemed by by fans and observers is inappropriate. I just don't think the fan base and the ownership wants to go through that again, and not, not without any positive results. And I, I guess in a way for me, and again, this is my big leap, but it's almost complimentary of, and I mean it kind of complimentary of Vivek. I don't think Vivek's the type of owner that would he, – he's not your Sarver, Dolan type that's like, I don't really care what you think. I'm going to do what I want and screw you. Same thing with Jerry Jones. I don't think Vivek's that way. I think Vivek's a caring right. individual. I think he's very sensitive to how he's perceived publicly. And I think if it's a situation where the fan base is fed up and they need a um, a focal point for their anger – and again, we're talking a couple years, three years down the road, and, and he becomes that focal point – um, I, I don't think he would want to handle that. I don't think he would want to be a part of that. And, uh, and, and that's where I think you'd start looking at ways out. That's, that's, that's how I would read those tea leaves. Now I, I'm full of garbage okay. as much as the next guy, but that's what I think. No, no. I mean, that's, that's good insight. Um, you know, and, and we'll talk about it in 2023, I guess. I No, <laughs> we will not because I think they're making the right moves, damn it. And I think that we will look back on this someday and we will say, you know what? Oh, this is the part where you want me to apologize. Later. <laughs> I truly want them to be successful. And I, it's like I see a little bit, and, and this is a good segue into the Kings, uh, a, a little bit of a – Listen, De'Aaron, you hope, is going to make the, the leap. I'm seeing these things about Tyrese Halliburton being super highly ranked when it comes to analytics and all that. And uh, we're here for the Hassan Whiteside show. And I believe you were covering the team in his rookie year. I could be wrong. No, I, I was here, of course. Um, I was at Fan House. Um, gotcha. But, but it, was a pretty, <laughs> it was a pretty memorable uh, beginning. Because if you remember, he, you know, he obviously slid in the draft. Um, and um, and coming out of Marshall, and well, actually, I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't want to go down that road. There was Hassan. Right. Could, somebody could write a book. Probably Jason Jones about all the <laughs> yes. hilarious Hassan Whiteside stories. I loved his press conference the other night that Sean Cunningham had tweeted out about. Uh, I mean, the guy is he's funny, man. Uh, he, he had that line about how he he had an N one 
and he uh, looked up and he saw the uh, cardboard cutout of Vince Carter in the stands, and he wanted to shout in one and, and do the little motorbike motion. Right. I mean, he's just he's got some color. He's playing pretty well. Um, we've talked about it before. He's on a minimum. So, listen, I mean, to talk hoops uh, for a minute, they were fun the other night yep. against the Warriors. And, you you know, De'Aaron is the kind of talent that could take another leap. And, you know, and I do think that not having Bogdanovich is going to open up time for the, the players who matter most. Um, you know, if Bagley can kind of put things behind him and then come along, I mean, listen, this is a weird comparison, but you know who I thought about the other day um, in the same vein as Bagley, and this was more extreme, is Markel Fultz, where it's like, you know, there was a, a time when it was like, oh, this kid, Markel, like, and, and, you know, Bagley's been just good old-fashioned injury. Markel was combination of injury and allegations of almost like psychosomatic type stuff. And that the kid was never going to be able to make the most of his talent. And now he's just an NBA player who does some good things. Right. Um, and that stuff could happen with this group and, and maybe have an exciting year. I think, honestly, not that I work for the, the Kings marketing wing, but it's like, I think they need to continue setting the bar uh, pretty low with the fans because what I've already learned from this season, even from friends of mine who are fans, is like when you tell everybody that you're just trying to get the roster where you want it and you're not really focused on the playoffs um, and you go out and you have a nice game and you're fun, like it, may, people are ecstatic. Right. You know what I mean? Like people enjoy it. And then if you if you somehow miraculously played your way into a playoff spot, well, then, you know, then you throw a parade. Um, so, you know, I mean, who knows? There could be some good times this year. Mm, interesting. Set the bar low, Jay. Pessimism. <laughs> Sounds familiar, Jay. It's Dave's life motto. Set the bar low. <laughs> Screw you, Anthony Robbins. He's setting everybody up for failure. You met his wife. He clearly didn't uh, do that. No. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, Sam, I want to transition to the elephant in the room, and I promise no pun intended there, James Harden. Wow. Um, Wow. (laughs) He he is reported. He has – he's in uniform. Uh, Where where are you right now when it comes to the the theories of Harden? Are you along the side of it's inevitable he's dealt this year – are you more along the lines of, you know what, if he, you know, plays with John Wall and Cousins and they get something going here, it's not out of the question that he could spend the rest of the season with the Rockets? Yeah, I mean, I think right now I'm probably in the latter um, camp. And to be honest, uh, you know, I always got to make sure I have one shameless athletic plug during our visits. Um, in a couple hours, I'll be putting out a column on that very topic, breaking down some of the rumblings about. Uh, his situation, but more pointedly kind of, you know, the uh, reality that the four teams that he's known to want to go to uh, it's, it's a mixed bag of interest uh, and all appearances being that it's going to take a long time. Like Philadelphia wants to see how Ben Simmons looks with all these shooters around him, you know, and, and with Joel Embiid, of course. And so, you know, they have no urgency. Brooklyn, there's a weird vibe with Brooklyn where, some people tell you it's just definitely not happening and that, uh, that you know, maybe there's, there's, you know, important folks with the Nets who don't think that that mixture of James and Kyrie and Kevin would be something they want. But that one seems pretty cool. Uh, you know, Milwaukee, and this is, I guess, I'm, I'm, you know, sharing this preemptively, but I mean, I, I definitely do not anticipate them pursuing him. 
Um, so you go down the list, and, you know, Miami, who knows, Pat Riley always looks at everybody. But bottom line, I think James should be, you know, getting used to being with the Rockets for a while. And the funny thing is that I think they could be pretty good, you know. Um, watching them so far, you see, you know, some real flashes. You know, I'm happy for DeMarcus to be healthy, and hopefully that continues. And, and I think that, you know, there's a chance that, again, if he can stay healthy, that he can go out and remind people that, that he was the best big in the game before he got hurt. And if you're talking about that with a, a John Wall that's anything close to what he used to be, with Harden, you know, we'll see where the story goes because I think Steven Silas is uh, personality-wise a, a really nice fit for a, a, a like a controversial situation because he's a real calming influence. So we'll see. I think James will be there for a minute. I think it's going to have to unfold going up to the trade deadline which is out on, uh, I think, March 25th. So um, I think we're going to be talking about James all year. That's Sam Amick of The Athletic. Check out his work and more at theathletic.com. Always a fantastic gift for uh, your sports fan friend or family member or my 12-year-old son who is not listening right now but who's going to find an athletic subscription in oh, his nice. stock. Yeah, Mason's, Mason had his first uh, fantasy basketball draft last night. He's in my uh, wife's work league, Sam, so we're – I like it. We're getting older, dudes. I'll have to get Mason some. Uh, I'll try to, to get my hands on some athletic swag for him. Perfect. We have uh, beanies and stuff like that. That's cool, man. Perfect. And I totally won't steal it from him. That's Sam Amick. He <laughs> appears each and every week, and uh, he'll be talking to me in a few minutes offline to apologize. Sam, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Talk, Talk to you next week. Bye.